Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. Innsbruck is out there. We discuss, debate and analyse, plus a behind-the-scenes insight into how it was made. Mark Cavendish talks all things Swift as we assess the role of pro riders on the platform. And there's a new Zwifty podcast focused on racing. I talked to one half of the duo behind it about whether racing can recover from its tough summer. Well, I'm super stoked to make that pumped, psyched even. Actually, I'm just kind of pleased. I must have been reading too many Zwift press releases to be joined by my fellow Zwiftcasters, Shay Miller. G'day, mate. G'day, Simon. It's been a busy week of press releases. Absolutely. We've been, uh, it's been raining and raining press releases here, for sure, for the new Innsbruck course. Indeed, and that, that will be the subject of uh, much of this Zwiftcast. And, of course, Nathan Gary. Yo, dude. Yo, Simon. Hey, Shane. Good to see you. Oh, not see you guys. Hear you guys uh, from the <laughs> other side of the world. Yeah, well, there's a bit of a story behind where I am, which I will reveal during the course of the podcast. But I'm sitting in my car at the moment with a mobile studio set up, and I'll um... can you can you prove that by tooting at the car horn? Can you toot <laughs> hang the car on, horn? Hang on, yeah. Let me. I'll have to turn the engine on. Hang on one sec. Hang on one sec. <laughs> we, we're going to put you. Put okay, you to the see, there was that, you... There's the car starting up noise. Uh, hang on. There here. it is. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Engi- confirmed. Simon is in the car. Confirmed. Yeah. 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 No. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain why later. Just. Just let me say at this point, Virgin Media. I love you so much. Okay. Here we go. Um, it's midsummer. <laughs> the tour is over. The Vuelta hasn't started yet. Seems like a great time to launch a new course on Zwift. Well, yeah. It is actually because it's tied to the last big cycling event on the calendar, the Worlds, in late September. And as you'll all know now by now. The new course is a faithful reproduction of part of the world's circuit in Innsbruck, Austria. The hilliest parkour for that particular event in like a gazillion years and Zwift ain't flattened it out any. This is one hilly beast, Jane. For sure. Uh, We saw the teaser come out, probably was it a month or two ago, about what was coming, but we weren't quite sure what the hills involved. Uh, and it just so happened to be I was in the neighbourhood about two weeks ago and DC Rainmaker and myself rode the short loop. And look, it wasn't too bad, but we were sort of more rubbernecking. We were looking at the Alps and looking at the beautiful scenery and looking at everything. We, were, we weren't taking it too seriously, but when it was released on Zwift and we rode it, oof, it was, uh, yeah, there's even the flat course has a climb. That's how that's how not flat it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the, the main climb... Uh, Nathan, the main climb. I, th- I mean, I think I think I think I saw a post uh, somewhere in the recesses of the internet after you. I think it was after you just ridden the main climb, which said uh, words to the equivalent of "Holy cow!" <laughs> yeah, uh, OMG, uh, <laughs> with some expletives and a hashtag was uh, "Here we go." You know, I thought, oh, twenty-seven miles, fifty plus k, no big deal for the longer one. I'll do my little preview of all this because you know I got a, a, a little preview. Um, of it before it actually released. So I jumped on and started riding and, and uh, it went right. 
And I just thought that was the way we go and later found out that that wasn't the normal way that we go. And all of a sudden I'm hitting like 12, 13, 15% grade. And I'm thinking, is this just the tower climb like for an hour or something? Like I was really, um, I was a little bit taken back. Oh man, this is a, this is definitely a climber's course for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a climber's course. Uh, the other thing is I'm not, I'm not convinced it's it's a newbie's course, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talking about that. Uh, well, in fact, I'll ask you now, Shade. I mean, the thing is, uh, the, the way it looks, I mean, it, you know, if we compare this with Richmond, which is the obvious comparison because it's the other UCI Worlds course, I mean, the way it looks is absolutely fantastic. It is extremely attractive. The detail is absolutely stunning for the very first time in Zwift. We've got cars and lorries. Thankfully, we're completely separated from them. It's just a spectator sport rather than uh, a death match like it often is when you're riding on the roads. Um, and, and it does look great. And there is this linkage to, to the UCI and the Worlds for the second time for Zwift. Here's my question to you, Shane. Is is this a smart move for Swift? Because they're now on record as saying, we've kind of hoovered up all the hardcore cyclists and the next stage of growth for the company is going to come from appealing to, let's say, softcore cyclists. Oh, you know, not those kind of hardcore roadies who know what the UCI is, know what the wills are, know what the significance of it is. Um, so, you know... Uh, question, usual ridiculously long preamble, but question, is is this the right choice? Is this the right choice, of course? Oh, that's a very, very good question. It really is, because I think this this goes to promote cycling itself, because a lot of us are, are competitive cyclists, but we mightn't be uh, fans of the sport. We mightn't follow the sport uh, at the competition level, at the professional level. Um, this So this sort of appeals to us, yeah, us hardcore cyclists, definitely. This soft the softer cyclists, well, sorry, the more recreational, I guess you'd call them, the, soft, the recreational yeah, yeah. cyclists. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I said, that that flat loop has a 400-metre at 7% climbing at one way, 800-metre at about 4% climb the other way. It's it's tough. Um, uh, being exclu- Locking into exclusively just this world is, is too much of an ask, I think, for everybody, for the, the entire spectrum of Zwifters out there, which was from people who jump on and do five kilometres on the bike um, to people who jump on and do 50 kilometres on the bike or 50 miles on the bike. This is too much of an ask for sure. We need something like world selection so people can have a little bit. I've, no. I said it. I said it. <laughs> How long? <laughs> yes. So, well, and so, we are going to discuss that because, you know, because the, the release of this course has yet again highlighted this yeah. running sore of world switching. But but let, let's let's pause for that and allow you to uh, to, to conclude your thoughts on on, you know, whether this is the right choice, of course. Yeah, so look, I, I love the fact that we can ride this course ourselves and pretend to be Peter Sagan getting dropped on the climb, which is inevitably what's going to happen <laughs> in this. And and it's going to be familiar with us. When the uh, the World Championships are on, I'll be looking at that and watching it as a fan, away from Zwift, knowing the course. So that's kind of cool. It sort of branches out our experience with Zwift. But, but, but for you, it's cool, Shane, for a couple of reasons. One, you're kind of, let's say, you're a hardcore roadie. Two, you know the significance of the UCI Wills. Three, you've actually been and ridden part of the course. So for all of those reasons, I can see it's massively, yeah, I can see it's super appealing for you. But to the new guy who gets or girl who gets on Zwift and, uh, you know, pedals to that hill and they've just bought their smart trainer and they get to the bottom of a 16 percent 5k long climb or whatever the stats are you know oh yeah you know mm. that's it's it's a, it's a tough one exactly mm. it's it is super tough but hey you know who said cycling was easy it's a timing thing and i think zwift want to do this every year and so 
you know, deal with UCI and it's here and let's just make it happen. And we have to, we heard things about New York. Next thing you know, it was Innsbruck and like, what the heck? I think it has something to do with like, look, we really need to partner with the cycling world in this kind of way. So let's just make this happen now. And so I have a feeling it has more to do with the reality of worlds coming than what maybe necessarily the aim in market goes. And also there's a reality that um, your everyday cyclist might might be jumping on Zwift more um, in the fall and winter and that the attraction to Zwift might be better around UCI World's major events um, that the hardcore cyclists are paying attention to. I just, so I just think there's a lot of timing things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that in, in some, in some ways they're tied to the diary, you know, um, and, and that we know is the reason why what we can now talk about publicly as New York, the twist, which is what Steve Beck calls it. Uh, he's talked about that publicly. So we can now, I guess that's one of the reasons that, um, that that was, postponed and i think his common knowledge it was postponed anyway it is now i mean that was going to be released and then it wasn't and then it wasn't uh and we got innsbruck instead okay well um let's concentrate on uh the actual kind of nuts and bolts of innsbruck for a few moments now um and i'm sure we'll return to this subject shortly world switching um say no more um but let's wrap up for just the moment with a great chat with Tony. Tony Irugas, the man at ZHQ who led the team who designed Innsbruck. And I know those guys are working under quite a lot of pressure, actually. I got to chat to him about um, uh, the kind of research process and what went into the course. And this, this, this conversation took place way, way, way before it was completed. It was um, in early June, I think. And I started asking him about the research process. Pretty much what you're seeing here is just basic terrain that we've imported, like a grayscale map that we found. And we've imported some GPX data from the actual UCI course and brought it into Zwift. And this is kind of what it looks like. How long would it take you to get to this stage? This was probably about half a month's worth of work. So also with the road, there's been some tweaking uh, because there's noise with GPX. So, you know, I would have sat here and moved nodes up and down to try to get it right to match up with Strava. And again, you're looking for a, 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 as GPX accurate as it's possible to get within the confines of, of Zwift. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, it's never going to be you know, truly 100% accurate. Um, I don't think anything ever would be. We work hard to try to get it as close as possible. Um, we spend, you know, plenty of time doing that. And, and we even edit it up until we ship. We have multiple people write it. We have people who wrote it in the real world come and write it. Just give feedback. This climb isn't really a climb. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be here. So talk me through a little of the research process that's gone into this to, 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 to get the terrain as accurate as it's going to be. It almost always just starts out with uh, Google Maps, right? Uh, just a Google search. What are we actually looking at? What kind of terrain is there? What's the kind of vibe of the city? And then we send people to the actual location. We had a couple people write it. Uh, so we have all their, you know, fit files. We have pictures. We have, uh, we stuck 360 cams on their head. <laughs> so we have plenty of 360 footage of the entire course. And that'll kind of just give us a little bit more detail ground level. You know, we can kind of match up what we see in Zwift to actually what is there currently. That 
360 footage must be such a precious resource. Especially in Innsbruck, because there isn't really Google Street View in, in a lot of parts of Innsbruck. So the 360 footage is huge for us. Each thing that we put out, we try to push it a little bit further every time. Uh, Richmond was kind of the first experiment with that. How close uh, can we get it to feeling like it actually is in the real world? Uh, I've been to Innsbruck. I mean, one of the one of the, the massive visual features, of course, of it is, is the ski jump. Are you... Is that going to figure? Yeah, we actually have the ski jump. But yeah, the ski jump was one of the first things that we kind of saw, and it was unique. It's yeah. like, oh, man, we should definitely put this in here. Some Zwifters are going to wonder whether they might ever be able to ride their bikes down a ski jump and something <laughs> very gamey happens. What, what's, what's the betting on that, Tony? I don't know. I mean... We're constantly trying to figure out how gamey to make certain things, like what elements we can bring in just to keep it interesting. Because New Road is fun. Let's make a jump or something. Let's see what we can do. So that's that's not a yes and not a no, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's probably in the middle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and how much do you think this real world course is going to have developed from Richmond? I mean, what have you learned in the... It must be two years now since Richmond came out. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Um, well, with Richmond, it was the first time that we had. It was the first time we used the level editor in a like big attempt. Um, so now we have new tools, we have new pipelines, uh, we have new like workflows. We're constantly getting new tools as well to kind of help with the process. So I have a good feeling that this will be leagues above Richmond. Mm -hmm. Um, Quality-wise, and Richmond didn't kind of evolve much. There, there weren't many iterations of it. Do, do you think something like Innsbruck there could be greater iterations in the future? More detail added, more more features added. Um, we've definitely already discussed kind of adding on to Innsbruck, you know, um, to kind of help get by that Richmond aspect where Richmond just stayed Richmond. Yeah, you know, we added some new turns here and there but we didn't really add too much to it and we kind of you know since this is a newer course and if we're going to put that much effort into it we kind of want to keep it around for a bit so there's already been talks about expanding it in the future and what to, what from this kind of initial layout what what, what what are you seeing that excites you well knowing this entire area is a climb I really enjoy the fields in here I think it's I think it's a cool look it has a cool vibe in the mountains I mean the first thing you notice when looking at the video uh, that we've captured it's just almost everywhere you look you can see huge mountains in the distance with like big chunky clouds you know, it just feels it just feels awesome so, panoramic yeah mm, yeah yeah so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited at the idea of having these giant mountains in the back. Thanks for the great early look at Innsbruck, Tony. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Right on! Uh, Shane, the realism thing. Um, I mean, my, oh my, this has come on since Richmond, hasn't it? And, and you are, like, super well-placed to judge, having really visited Innsbruck. So, reality versus um, Zwift, who wins on this one? Has, has Zwift got the realism absolutely spot on? Has it been leavened with enough kind of Zwiftiness to to make it what will appeal to Zwifters who've never been to Innsbruck and don't know what the UCI World's course is. Uh, again, having been there, it feels familiar because I, I rode up there and in the background there were the uh, the, uh, the Austrian Alps 
And in game there, usually I just look at that and go, oh, great. They just put a picture of some hills in the background. No, they're really there. So for me, it's more escapism knowing that it's, it was there. And for sure, they've actually, that the piles of wood on the side of the road, they're really there. The little steps, the little snow steps up right near the top on the right-hand side. Again, you'd never see this if you didn't know they were there. You just like, I think it's artwork. They are really there. I reckon they've done a great job. The gradients are spot on. And the effort, unfortunately, is also spot on. It's hard to ride. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, top, top, absolutely top marks of realism. And I do know they spent like a ton of time making sure the GPS was absolutely accurate, or as, as accurate as it can be. Uh, which, which brings us on to um, some of the marketing, or much of the marketing around this, which is um, if you look on the UCI site where they announced the partnership with Swift, you know, much, much, much is made of the pros. Um, I can't remember what size teams there are in the world, actually. But there's going to be something like 150 pros um, using Zwift, apparently. are going to be using Zwift as a recon tool uh, for, I don't know, strategy, tactics, planning, team tactics, just getting used to the course, getting to know what the hills feel like when they crop up in with reference to the visual landscape. Um, Nathan... <laughs> almost impossible question to answer really but do, do you think pros really really will use this as part of their recon i would I, I can't put myself in anybody else's shoes too much but i would definitely uh be doing intervals like crazy um on the specific places that i thought i was going to attack i guess you're asking kind of the right person because i did 90 of my training for mountain biking of all things on zwift Right. But I would go and I would like find parts of Zwift that would represent the kind of course I was going into and do repeated intervals on that part of the course. Having it even be the course representation digitally in front of you, I think, is a good stress response so that when you get there, there is familiarity both in effort and also in what you're seeing. And then it's just going to be riding it once you get there. It it kind of makes sense, Shane, doesn't it? I mean, you know, Sagan will no doubt be rehearsing endlessly the exact spot on the course where he's going to get dropped. <laughs> yeah, look, for sure. I, I don't think, as touching on what Nathan said there, and we did discuss this on one of our live streams the other day as we both rode the course together uh, with a big group, that the, the pros are, are all across the training that is required for the demands of the course. They'll be, they've will be they broken this down months and months ago. People will be doing efforts and efforts that replicate what the demands of the course away from Zwift, even away from their indoor trainers. They'll be doing it outdoors in the beautiful sunshine of wherever they train there as professional cyclists. So maybe not for specific training, but we've all done it before and everyone will know listening from beginner level cyclists to professionals, if you're in a race or in a really stressful situation where you are on the river, your heart rate maximum, you can't think about too much. You can't really estimate distance. You've just, it's just about the effort. So being familiar with say that the run into the finish where it comes over, you know, through the sprint point there and it sort of drops down over the bridge a little bit. If you were to do that, in training many, many times in that zone, you can familiarize yourself with the landmarks and the turns and the corners. So when it happens in the race, or if you're in that position in the race, you're not in unfamiliar territory. It becomes a reaction rather than a thinking process. So I think a lot of pros will be using it for that purpose. 
Well, no, no, it, it does make complete sense when 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 you spend any time thinking about it. I mean, if they're going to do an indoor session or a specific targeted session, you know, why not do it on Innsbruck if you're going to be um, uh, in one of the teams for Innsbruck? Why, why would you not, I guess, would be the question. And also, we do know, because we all endlessly see the videos, that, you know, it is now uh, standard practice for, certainly in the, in the big grand tours, for a member of the uh, backroom team to... To go and do a GoPro video, certainly of the last 3K, 2K, 1K, and for the team to sit and watch that in the bus before the stage. I mean, we've you know we've all seen that taking place. So, um, you know, I, th- I think there will be some pros. Maybe, like you say, maybe not planning their training around with because you know the the the, the, the physiologists and, and 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 the whole of the staff will have planned this like weeks and months out. Um, but I'm 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 sure it will figure partly in in their familiarisation and 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 recon process for the world. So it'd be it'd be a big surprise if it didn't. I mean, it, obviously a good time I think to just return to this subject of of, of the pros on Swift, um, and the tour has just finished. Uh, left a huge tour-shaped hole in my life, but I'm getting over it. Um, and the, the the tour has finished, and and by some estimates, about a third. Just think about that, a third. So that's sixty-ish riders out of hundred and eighty-ish riders. A third of the tour peloton are thought to be Zwifters. Um, now, some have, frankly, have done a lot more case than others. Um, but here's a quick, non-exhaustive list of tour riders who've done more than a thousand kilometres on Zwift. Edvald Bosenhagen is often spotted. No surprise then that he's the tour rider with the highest number of Zwift Ks with almost 10,000 kilometres ridden. Robert Hessing, who impressed in the tour with some sustained attacks, is also a Zwift veteran, more than 5,000 kilometres ridden. Thomas de Ghent, who was in practically every single breakaway on the tour, is a prolific Zwifter with nearly 3,500 kilometres under his belt. Adam Yates, Andy Greipel, Warren Bargai, yellow jersey wearer Greg Van Avermaet, stage winner Magnus Court, Lawrence Tendam, and the brave Lantern Rouge this year, Lawson Craddock, who got injured in a crash early doors but soldiered on to complete the tour, they all count themselves as proper Zwifters. And last, but in no way least, one Mark Cavendish. He's clocked up over 2,000 kilometres on Swift. And to be honest, I've never heard him speak about it that much beyond social media posts. So at the launch of the Zwift Academy in London last month, it was interesting to hear him talk quite candidly about his Zwift experience. Turns out he likes racing and hates cheats. Who knew? It's the closest thing you can get without being in a peloton, you know? It it, it really is, you know? Like to the point, like I, I lose my head even if I'm in my own thing doing doing my own. I I get I, I I lose my head if if someone comes past me. You know, you still get the cheats. It's worse than doping. Swift, it's it's, it's doping. Swift cheating is doping, man. And you get the odd person that that, that comes on and they yeah and they sprint past you. I lose my head with it, you know, that's how competitive I get on it. So. And with Innsbruck being touted as a training tool for the worlds for the pros, does Cav feel Zwift is realistic as a specific recce of the course? Like, you've, you've got to climb. I know how long climbs are, say, on Zwift, but I'm not really looking at a 20-minute effort. You can see the top of the climb, you know. 
and you, you go into the top of the climb and that's what I really like about it you know it, it, it's like being in or your avatar is you it's in it's in a real world kind of uh, simulation and that's what I really like about it you know you, you really put if you feel good you just go a bit hard you can see your power you can see everything that's going on at the time but by the end of the day it's it's uh, yeah it's more about about riding like after I have to confess I don't really use the the training things and that I know they work for a lot of people you know um, and I think it's, it's it's wicked what you can do with it what I am is the freedom to go and ride you know and uh, and that's really how it feels I'll be in my gym at home but uh, I really feel like I'm out in in Watopia or whatever and finally, although I think we all feel we do see Cav quite a lot on Zwift, he was asked how much he really uses it. There's times I'm doing it every day. Um, the thing, the thing that well, right now, like obviously with the uh, with the tour, I've been doing specific stuff um, which I can do on Zwift. But I, like with new bikes and that for the tour, I like to get a feel on the road. But uh, but honestly, there's there's times when not I I. I don't it's like I wake up and I, I'd rather like it would never ever this would never have happened like you, you went on an indoor train if it was pissing down rain outside you know now I wake up I, now you know what I'm going to go, I'd rather go on Zwift I need specific stuff and I know I can get that better from, from riding Zwift now than I would at getting on the road and that, that's completely this time last year I would never have said that and uh, and now it, I, I choose to go on Zwift sometimes so it comes sometimes in the winter I was on every day for a month you know and uh, even when I was coming after my crash in Milan San Remo I was on twice a day for, for, for a month you know and, uh, and you really feel that strength come up Uh, well, that was Cav, um, uh, recorded before the tour. He looked so relaxed and happy on, on that occasion. And then the next time you saw him, well, not quite the next time you saw him, but but uh, a little time after, there was that... I don't know whether you saw it, Lance, actually. I saw it. It, it was uh, crushingly disappointing for Cav to to get eliminated. I mean, he came in on that stage something like an hour and three minutes, I think, behind the peloton. And I don't know whether either of you two saw it. There was a very, very, very brief video clip. Um, the the uh, the whole of the tour circus had had to wait for Cav to finish. I mean, he could have jumped in the car halfway up the last climb, but there were a lot of people who said no. He knew probably knew he was going to be eliminated, but he wanted to respect the race and actually cross the finish line for the stage. And there was one camera. Well, there's probably more than one cameraman, but there was one one video guy there to record it. And did you see this clip? Cav saw him and kind of fixed him with, like, the evil eye and then, like, basically deliberately rode into him. Um, it just shoulder-charged him out of the way. Cav making a point, you know, OK, I know I'm eliminated. I don't need a global TV audience to see it. Although, you know, maybe that's what you should expect. But um, it, it did rather sum up his tour. A very, very, very poignant moment, that was. Um... Four stages to four stage wins to get the Eddie Merckx record. Can he do it, Shane? Do you think he'll be back as a serious force as a sprinter when you look at the young guys coming through now? Nope. Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, look, I don't think any of us really know uh, what he's going through, why he's at that level he's at. I mean, obviously, it's a high level to be selected for the, the Tour de France. But there's one thing I will say. Getting to the level he's at is one thing, and but staying there and, and having that drive to win is another thing altogether. The motivation to do it again and again and again has to be there. It has to be right and true, and you've got to want it with 110%. Um, look, uh, we've all probably had it with the same, you know, with our writing as well at a, at a much lower level is 
do we ride the same path again and again that we've already ridden? Is the motivation there? So it, it depends on what he's going through, whether it's physiological, whether it's mental. Um, I'm sure he's got some great people around him to, you know, we'll be able to see whether he can be back or not. Um, I eagerly await that. He's definitely a champion. Um, he's got stripes on his shoulders for uh, for a good reason. And uh, yeah, let's see let's see what happens in the future. I mean, I do think he does have the motivation, actually. I mean, you know, the will to win, and, and as proved by that little anecdote about him not being happy about films coming over the line and being eliminated, you know, he he hates losing and he loves winning. And and that is always written across Cav's face at the end of any stage. You can take take one glance at Cav's face and know immediately <laughs> where, where he finished in that day's stage. So, I, I, you know, I think the motivation is still there. I just think Nathan is probably a bit of a victim of um, yeah, a slightly touchy subject for me. Get, you know, getting a bit older, really, and you know the new generation of sprinters coming through are you know they're now some of them ten years younger than Cav, and just that bit stronger. I'm afraid. I think uh, there there are some super hungry athletes coming up. I think that to contend with people who are to contend with Clubber Lang, <laughs> you can't be injured, okay? Like, and, like, that's all, that, like, you just, you can't. And so, for those that don't know Rocky, you know, Mr. T came into Rocky Three and just whooped on him. You know what I mean? And he was he was mentally injured. He was handicapped a little bit in ways, distraction. I don't know the personal story behind it. I'm not going to assume any of that's going on. But I do know there was injury, right? Multiple. And trying to come back from that at the highest level of power, that he needs to be at is really difficult. Like sprint power is something that just like it has to be built over. Plus also there's the reality of the team he had around him before. I'm not sure it's the same team he has now too. Like he's had, I remember HTC days of just being unstoppable. Sure. He was younger then, but the team that was around him then was, Oh my gosh, just drilled, just drilled. Yeah. I mean, it was the military. It looked like to me. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was, and if he can put that, if you can put that around Cav, I think he can still find the kick uh, without injury. I don't think he can just bounce back as quickly now. I, I think it's still possible, personally. Um, maybe that's a little bit of me coming through thinking I ain't still possible too, though. So, <laughs> anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it for Cav. I'm, I'm with it for Cav to get it done. It's not that many away, and I have a feeling there's that same like want to to get a, a record on books on the books why why not go for it yeah, yeah well i think we all all wish him well i mean i think we all feel a bit of a connection with cav because you know you do see him popping up on swift you know more than more than more than sometimes um his mate mark renshaw needs to get his ass in gear actually he's only done 27 kilometers on swift uh, even though he's a swifter <laughs> so Come on, Richard, get your uh, get your ass in the saddle on Zwift. Um, okay, well let's let's just turn back because we can't ignore it, and we have previewed it, and we should talk about it. Um, the big story this week being Innsbruck, and still the community is denied the ability to choose which world they want to ride in. I mean, we've now got four worlds. Uh, and still, uh, the overlords at ZHQ or ZHQ decide uh, on the basis of, um, I don't know, well, schedule, marketing, servers, who knows? They decide the schedule for us and they decide um, where we can ride. 
I mean, I actually can't believe we're still talking about this. So, Nathan, can you can you give me one good reason why you think they might be pursuing with this unbelievably unpopular policy of denying us the ability to switch worlds? I think that it's summer and the um, fear of people riding alone, logging in, being a news rifter and seeing that many people around, uh, retention. Um, these are guesses. I have no idea, but um, I think we've heard that. The, but we've heard that before, though. We've heard that before. Exactly. Um, that holds good for summer. It doesn't hold good for winter. I mean, you know, as people have been saying on Facebook, it was it was a goddamn conga line through through Richmond on certain days last year. So you just look and see where there's more people, and if there's more people and you want to ride with them, you go to that world. If there's less people, you go to the market. Can decide. Give us some freedom. It, it just we have world switching. Okay. I logged in for the Norsemen to do. I, I did the three horsemen, not the four, because I had a stream I had to go do. Okay, there's my excuse, but I I I, I kind of enjoyed the the. It, okay, but the other thing is they put me on a TT bike without even asking, and then I didn't have a wheel swap without even asking, and all of a sudden I'm on a TT bike and I don't have my fastest wheels and we're off at five watts per kill. What? I was so that was a frustrating situation. There's my little vent on the world swap, but like, and we have world swap. I log in. I'm on Innsbruck and it says, hey, the four horsemen is on ride. Norseman ride is on Watopia and it puts me over on Watopia. World swapping is in the game. We just aren't allowed to have it. It's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. World swapping is in the game. And and they're using it, you know, uh, either through some cunning plan uh, or in a random fashion. I don't quite understand why, because we're never, it's never explained to us. Um, they're using it. It looks like Shane possibly. I mean, one reason might be possibly they're using, they're deploying world switching tactically to grow events, perhaps. That could be a reason. Yeah, look, there was once a reason to keep everyone together, and that was called Jarvis Island. And the reason being is there was nine of us riding at any one time, and there was only <laughs> one island. Um, look, so yeah. once there was a reason to keep everyone together. So I don't believe that reason exists anymore. There's enough people and enough people who can make up their own mind about where they want to ride. Um, I can't think of any other computer game or simulation where you don't get that choice. It's sort of forced on you. Which, again, as we were discussing about the Innsbruck course, even the flat course is pretty hilly. That doesn't appeal to everybody. So we need to be able to choose our courses. And my little protest on that this week was to release my Swift Zwift tip on the world hack and using a little tool to choose the world that you want to ride in. I I, I don't like doing things that really or can technically break terms and con you know, terms and services and conditions of uh, what we've agreed to, not you know, mucking around with config files. But as I said, um, yeah, it's my little protest. I did a little video about how you can choose to, to ride the world that you want to ride. It does have other ramifications, so buyer beware. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think, boys, do you think, you know, there's some kind of deep, dark fear somewhere at the top of Swift that if they put world switching on and they make it, like, super easy to use, and I know, I know it exists now, but not everybody likes messing with prefs.xml files, or, or even using that, that 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 other little hack, which means that you don't have to do that. You know, not everybody likes doing that. To, to be honest, I actually can't be asked to do that, really. You know, <laughs> because I don't see why I should have to. But anyway, do you think, you know, their kind of deepest, darkest fears are that if they make all four worlds available at once, what you get is a kind of instant popularity poll... And everybody, yep. everybody knows that, you know, Richmond might not win that and that Watopia would absolutely walk away with that. 
This exists. This exists, Simon, in another game, 100% right now. And the and, and there's another game community complaining about it. Um, a huge amount of work went into um, Miramar in PUBG. It's a huge map that's really kind of boring. I'm sorry. Nobody really likes it. And it takes forever to play through. And the only people who like it, it seems to be people who just like to play Minecraft in a shooting game and go collect things and sit around for a really long time. And the most popular map is the fast action map where everything kind of happens really quickly. And there's kind of an in-between map where it's kind of mid-sized and people can kind of hang out. But at the same time, the interaction happens a little quicker. And they force you kind of, if you want to play the mid-sized map then you kind of have to get thrown into the queue with the big map and take the chance of playing that map too because they're afraid nobody wants to play it. That's the reality. And I don't know if that's Zwift's... I'm not saying that that's what Zwift's up to, but that is happening in other games right now where they're, that the devs put all this work in and they're like, we really want you guys to use this because we made all we took like it was like took us a year to make this thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. do you think that's it shane do you think that you know they're worried about hurting richmond's feelings no one loves richmond <laughs> yeah i i think that might be a case if they don't want to see wasted resources because i know a lot of like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh, work hours have gone into that um but ah uh, yeah i don't know hey, i'm great gamification yeah. how about this what if on certain worlds we had cool quests on a certain day? More guns. And then, and, More and, guns. and then on that day, on you had Watopia reward day or go ride this course on this day or or, or you could do any number of them and then you could pick a certain Double the one XP on, on Richmond. Or no, whatever, like encouragements to ride those days. But if you didn't want yeah. to, you could do yeah. something else. Yeah, there are ways to solve this. There are ways to solve this. Look, it's going to have to be addressed soon. They're going to have to fun it up. Yeah, fun it up um, rather than not have what they have now. So, yeah, it's going to have to change up because th things that need to be fresh. Fun? Computer that wasn't funded up? You if, didn't say funded if, if up? F-U-N. F-U-N. It's my Aussie accent coming through. It does go other way sometimes. They're going to have to refresh this or keep it fresh because computer games do age. We're not playing Wolfenstein anymore. We're not playing Doom. We're not playing Quake. Well, some people are still playing Counter-Strike. They're going to make sure people are still on Zwift. So they're going to have to change that experience up. Well, it's, it, do you know what? It's good you raise that, Shane, because th th this one's, this was going to be my last point around this discussion of Innsbruck. And, and you know, it might be seen in, in some quarters as, as somewhat controversial, this. Innsbruck is great. You know, the, the, the work that's gone into it is absolutely fantastic. The level of detail is brilliant. The GPS uh, reproduction of accuracy is amazing. You look at Innsbruck compared to Richmond, you can see how much has come on. I mean, Tony in that interview said they've got more tools to work with, and, and it's so clear that. But here's the thing. If Swift is a cake... Um, and the icing, the different icings are Richmond, Watopia, um, Innsbruck and London. Um, if the <laughs> if the recipe of the cake, if the ingredients of the cake remain the same and every couple of months we just get some new icing, is that enough? Is that enough? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I, your, your analogy is lost on me. I'm just hungry. Um, <laughs> very, very, 
<laughs> well, what, no, I guess I, I guess what I mean is that the courses are like the dressings, aren't they? You know, they're the dressings you put on the salad. But if the ingredients of the salad don't change, in other words, the things that Zwift as a platform can do or not do, as in, at the moment, we are a st- we are an avatar on a rail going round a pretend place. We can't. Uh, we can, sorry. We can't. Uh, we can't steer. There are no crosswinds. There are no tactics we can deploy in racing. You know, and that has not has not changed for forever, and and shows no sign of changing. I think what you're touching on there, that's the gaming experience. Yeah, that's that's the gaming experience, and that's where the hardware manufacturers have come in and have changed up a little bit. Um, we have, I guess say the kicker climb, so we can go up and down. We have people looking at rocker plates and we've seen how popular rocker plates have been in the um, in the community. So people are changing that experience. So people are modifying that cake recipe themselves. Um, and for sure, you are right. It, it does need to keep changing up and keep fresh or the cake gets a bit stale. Yeah, well, that was my question to Nathan. I think I know what the answer is going to be. Is it stale, uh, Nathan? Do we need some fresh ingredients? Does this Victoria sponge need to become a fruitcake? Um... <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm well, hungry. I, I'm hungry. I just got done racing, and that was pretty fun. Um, racing someone, uh, you know that that'll keep me coming back. You know, honestly, but I don't want to do much else if that makes sense. You know, um, and uh, and that only works a couple times a week at most. And yeah, I'd have to agree that uh, otherwise I play um, Overwatch while I while I Zwift and Zwift stands in the background. I mean, but I've been on the platform for three and a half years. I'm, I think I'm top five in miles. You know what I mean? But there's other Zwifters who've been hanging out on my channel for the same, almost the same amount of time. I've got a three-year Zwifter who was in ZVA as a veterinary recently with a very popular post, actually. Um, and I think there's quite a few chiming in on that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're the only one. We're not just griping to gripe. You know what I mean? Like, there is a sentiment that's growing. The thrust, the thrust of that post was, I might be the canary in the coal mine, I might have done too many miles on Swift, I might have been here uh, too long, but I'm getting bored. That, that was the thrust of mm-hmm. that post, was it not? It was, yep. Yeah, it was. 100%. And she does, she does other things while, while she Zwifts now. And I, was, I said the same thing, that um, unless it's an interactive experience like racing, um, and she uh, she said that too was was you know well racing's still fun you know um, and that's a different experience because it's interactive um, but uh, unless I'm racing I am I you know my base miles I turn on ERG mode make sure it's 220 um, any program can do that that's kind of like this and then I go and play Overwatch or Hearthstone and communicate with my viewers because that kind of keeps me going too, live streaming and uh, people to talk to, you know, voice chat maybe too. I mean, that obviously that's what I'm looking for is an experience of other people while I'm streaming. You know, that's part of the reason why the streaming keeps me going for the long periods of time. And then an interactive experience like a game like Overwatch or whatever, something competitive if I'm not racing. So hmm. Shane, a post in, you know, uh, a minority um, minority Facebook group full of grumpy people who've been around too long, <laughs> <laughs> you know, saying, uh, okay, I've been on Zwift too long, I'm bored now, the game has not moved on, uh, I have, you know, I've, that's probably a 1%, actually, of the use base, it's probably maybe 0.5%, whatever, it's a very, very, very small number. It, 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 is that an opinion Zwift should care about? 
Is is that a canary in the in the in the coal mine, or is that as we're just saying? Well, you know what? We don't need those people anymore because there's going to be a whole load this winter. There's going to be like two hundred thousand new people coming on onto the platform. So what do we care about? You know, the 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 the, the person who's been around too long and has just got a bit stale with it. Those posts are the posts that should be in the board meetings in Zwift. They are the ones that we they do really, really need to listen to because that will explain why people churn away. Now, when people churn away from products, sometimes you say, yeah, why are you unsubscribing and you're filling a little form? I'm not sure there's any little form for them to really get some feedback as to why people churn. So that 1% of people who are communicating why they're getting a bit bored, why they might churn away – that needs to be really put under the microscope and addressed for sure, because that will be representation of a lot more than just 1%. It may be, let's just say 50% of why people churn. And as a business model, they need to look at that and get people on the platform and you know keep them in the ecosystem, keep it fresh, keep it exciting, keep that, ca- I've got cake on the mind now, but keep that cake fresh and tasty. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, look, to be honest, guys, I think it's also our responsibility to come up with ideas and ways to promote the platform because, I mean, we still love it. So we just need to make sure that, you know, we contribute to the, the positiveness of, getting on there and sharing our experience as well that's that's what i try and do with my channel and uh, i guess that's what the zwiftcast does nathan that's what your live streams do yeah and i can see that but um it, it can i i do have echoes of what was posted there for sure um but as i said before it, it's got to keep fresh the experience has got to be there and there's, there's a few things around the corner the new course has done that a little bit but again we get hungrier and hungrier the more we eat to use the eating analogy again so <laughs> i don't know but yeah i do yeah. think they should do, need to take notice of those posts for sure yeah yeah no me too me too um just to let uh, listeners know that uh, i'm seeing a little car park here and i, 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 I <laughs> Basically, it's my. Are you in the Richmond car park? There's a Richmond car park under the train line. There is that. Is that where you're parked? You're the only person on Richmond today. Uh, Well, uh, I'm in a car park because my my internet at home is broken. Um, And I thought it'd be nice and quiet here. Two, actually, make that three dudes in orange high vis clothing have just shown up. You know those. uh, You know those pieces of equipment you see being used in the street, which are possibly the noisiest things in the entire world that they used to like that they used to like cut up um stones yes you know those yep. things with like, a very yes. very very lot big spinning disc i think they're called angle grinders mm-hmm. or something like that. anyway I've got, I've got one actually uh, they're a very noisy thing um he's just started up with one of those uh, so thanks for that guys <laughs> We don't much. hear it. I think you're all no, good. No, no. Uh, well, yeah, well, I've got a windscreen between it. And this mic actually is also very directional, so we, should, we, we might be okay. But, um, yeah, I thought it'd be nice and quiet here, and it's not. Anyway, okay, well, that was an interesting discussion. I mean, I mean we, we remain and, and keep the flag flying, the torch burning. You know, we, we, we stay enthusiastic about it, but... A post like that, you know, and there was another guy, actually, there was another guy, a guy, Chris, Chris O'Hearn, actually, who, who put, like, a ton of work into organising a really successful, well-thought-through, meticulously planned uh, and novel race series last year. And, you know, he put a slightly depressing post up just saying that he just didn't feel he was getting enough cooperation from ZHQ and he wasn't going to do it anymore. And, you know, I do... To me, they are, they are canaries in the coal mine. And, and I genuinely think the management should um, should be a little concerned when they see things like that. Anyway, that all sounds a bit like sour grapes in the, in the week we've got a new, a new course out. But, you know, always a good idea, I think, to look beyond the next... Austrian mountain, perhaps. 
OK, well, there is a new podcast for Zwifters. Yes, a new podcast for Zwifters. Uh, and here's me promoting it. Well, actually, I'm very pleased to promote it because um, it's, it's a great podcast. Uh, it's really specifically for Zwift racers. It's called In The Pens. It's hosted by Greg, Leo and Adam Zimmerman, both both good good solid Zwift racers. And I caught up with Greg for a bit of a chat about In The Pens and what it's all about. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Greg Leo. Hi, Greg. How are you doing, Simon? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, now, I'm sure your name will be incredibly familiar to every Zwifter in the known universe, but but you are, I mean, introduce yourself. You're a, you're a racer, but you've also started a Zwift racing podcast. So g- g- give me the 20-second version of Greg Leo. Uh, I, can, I can do that. Uh, I'm absolutely a racer and only a racer on Zwift. Um, pretty much spend all my time on Swift racing. The podcast is in the pens, how to race, how to race better, how to get into racing, uh, everything Swift racing. We try not to overlap too much with Zwiftcast. We're pretty niche. Uh, and you can find it at inthepens.com. Excellent. Well, I've, I've had to listen to your first few episodes and it, it's great, actually. I mean, it's terrific and, and really good to see racing um being catered for in a in a you know with a specialist specialist podcast so more power to your elbow greg um so uh, i've got you on to talk about a couple of things really i mean let, let's start with the with, with the big news of the of the day or the week or possibly in the month which is the release of innsbruck and seeing as you're a racer guy let's uh, angle the conversation towards racing uh, what do you think of it as a race course so my take on the course just from doing kind of recon rides is that the climb itself, the Lucha climb, isn't going to add much. Um, we already have Watopia KOM, and the Lucha climb is very similar. It's a bit steeper, but similar in length, similar in altitude gain. Uh, so that's not going to be adding too much. But I think the Innsbruck ring brings a lot. Uh, it kind of fills a gap in Zwift racing. In in the Innsbruck ring, there's a very steep 45 second climb that's really going to break up groups on what would otherwise be a very flat course where everyone would stay together. So I think this is going to be an interesting addition to Zwift racing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that's going to be a good one, but, but I mean, the long steep climb with kind of sections of between 12 and 14, 16%. I mean, do you, I mean, I mean that's, you know, that's a course for the climbers, surely. Oh, absolutely. I don't think we'll see too much actual racing on that course. Just like right now, we don't see too much racing on the Epic KOM or Alp de Zwift. Uh, most, of the, most of the climbing that happens in races is on the shorter climbs, like Box Hill. Uh, so I don't think we'll actually see much racing on the Lucha climb. Yeah. Yeah, so that short. I mean, it's short. It, it, it's a short, mainly flat city course with a little kicker of a climb in it. I mean, do you th- do you think the big guys will get over that? You know, in a big group, if they hit it at speed, is it is it short enough to get kind of pulled up it in a big group with a with a hard effort from the bigger guys? Yeah, it's it's. I don't. It's not long enough that it's going to benefit the climbers. So it's definitely not a climbers hill. It's it's a hill that's going to benefit anyone who has a very good like one minute power one minute maybe watt per kilogram kind of power but the rest of the course is flat enough and it goes right into a downhill that i don't think this course is really going to disadvantage larger guys i think it's going to be really powerful guys with a strong sprint that are going to do well on this course 
I mean, I think racing's had a tough few months, a really tough few months on Zwift. I mean, the whole Zwift power, and it wasn't their fault, but the whole Zwift power debacle really hasn't helped matters. Um, Frank Garcia in the last few days has announced that um, CVR is not running its fall season. Um, I mean, racing is taking a few knocks, don't you think, over the past few weeks, months? I think I think you're right. It's definitely been a lot quieter uh, in Zwift for racing lately. Um, as far as the Zwift power thing goes, it was um, you know it was it was kind of unfortunate not to have it for those months. But I have to give credit to them; they brought it back, and it's they they took the time to really improve things there. And there's a lot of new impressive features there that I think when winter comes and people start to come back to racing, it's it's going to make things even better than it was last winter. And, and Frank's decision, I mean, he explained it at some length and kind of, you know, in short form, it, it, you know, he felt his team that, that, that had been running CVR had, had got a bit stretched and he just felt that a, a fall season was, was too much for his organisation. I think that that's it in, in kind of probably horribly oversimplified terms but you know there might there might be another story behind that 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 we don't know i mean are you interpreting that as a weakening of the appeal or the durability or the longevity or perhaps even the profitability of swift racing i mean how do you see frank's move there i one thing i'll say is after participating in a live event i kind of see the work that goes into it um, you know, when you watch in the stream, you see the polished final product and it makes it kind of look easy, but, you know, seeing the guts of a live event, both at CVR and at the Kiss Crit, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to put on. It's a lot of organization, uh, and it is a lot of work. So, you know, when, when Frank says that his team is stretched, I can definitely believe that, um, as for the profitability, you know, um, I, I just have no idea. It's obviously it just takes a lot of money to do this, um, but you know, I I don't know much about the finances of of how much are coming in from streaming and things like that. Me neither. Uh, and Frank's always been upfront that you know he would like eventually to turn a profit on this, and there's no doubt whatsoever that he has invested you know pretty large sums, largely of his of his own money, in in trying to make it happen. I mean, do you think? Of course, we've got to take his decision at face value. But, you know, what we like to do a lot on the Zwiftcast, and maybe you'll start doing it on In the Pens, Greg, because we like to speculate, you know. We like to <laughs> read beyond the public statement. I mean, do, do, do you think Frank is is perhaps realising that making any kind of money out of this might be harder than even he at his most optimistic and energetic, which is, you know, Frank is both of those things. Do, do you think it... You know, do you think the worm might have turned a little bit in his thinking in that way? Maybe what what has happened is that um, you know just standard racing on Zwift has turned out not to be as attractive, maybe to watch for uh, in streaming as we initially thought. You know, it's a pretty specific thing to watch, let's say, indoor bike racing. And maybe maybe the audience for just a standard race isn't there. So it could be that what CVR is seeing is, you know, they need to kind of retool what they're doing to make it more exciting. I know that, you know, par- part of Frank's announcement is that they have big plans for the winter. You know, they have this team event coming. Um, this, this, this season they tried the points race. 
So it could be that part of the decision to um, to cancel this this season is that they're maybe they're going to put a lot of work into figuring out what the right format is uh, to bring in more viewers, or you know what what kind of angles are going to bring in more viewers. Um, that would be that would be one guess. Um, are you enjoying the podcasting? I am. It's it's harder work than I imagined. <laughs> yeah. It's another it's another situation where you see the the polished finished product and you don't see the work that goes into uh, making a podcast. So kudos to you for um, and, you know and um, for for putting together an amazing podcast pretty frequently. Well, I wasn't compliment fishing, Greg, but you know, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Thank you for that. I genuinely wish you all the very best with it, Greg. And excellent to get your take on uh, on racing. Um, still a quiet time for racing. You know, I think the acid test is, is going to come in in winter. And as ever, we'll be watching watching with interest. And it'd be great to get you back on sometime. Uh, but in the meantime, best of luck with it in the pens. Thanks, Simon. Okay, uh, good luck to good luck to Greg. Great to see another Zwift podcast, uh, and particularly one that one as, as high quality as that. Actually, it's it's a really good listen. I urge you to listen to it, but only after you've listened to the Zwiftcast, of course. Um, let's wrap up with uh, a, a few bits of kind of Zwifty news. Um, Shane, this was an interesting one. Zwift have partnered with an organisation called VeloFix in uh, North America. That's USA and Canada. Um, Velofix, as far as I understand it, um, they, they call themselves a mobile bike shop. Really interesting model, actually. They, if you've got a broken bike, they fetch up at wherever your bike is broken uh, in a van, which is, <laughs> has got Wi-Fi in it, actually. A bit like my car at the moment. Um, and they fix your bike and stuff. And they call it a, a mobile bike shop. And they're saying this is kind of the future of bike shops. And, and they might well be right, actually. But they've, they've partnered with Swift. And effectively, they will fetch up at your house and make Zwift happen for you, basically. They'll they'll do all the stuff that some people don't like doing at all. Good move, do you think? Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I have a YouTube channel dedicated to pretty much exactly this, de- demystifying all the technology, getting it working. And it's still quite difficult. Even today, I was pairing one of my head units to my phone and you know that to Zwift and things like that, and things weren't working. I had to close all my apps and close Bluetooth off and open Bluetooth. Even for me, it's – and I even had some dropouts the other day for my trainer during a live stream. So, yeah, look, absolutely brilliant. A lot of bike shops, and not to step in the mud too much with bike shops, but a lot of them are old school brick and mortar, and they don't – a lot of them don't know like the power meters side of things things and a lot of them don't know it they just stick to what they know and that that's fine but there's yeah things are moving on and things are getting more and more complex so if these guys are, are skilled up in swift internet connectivity latency um routers you know 2.4 gig um you know signals having to be changed in a home and baby monitors being turned off and microwave ovens being pointed the other way all these sort of things if there's someone you can call on for that i'm sure it would be highly successful yeah, yeah, steep learning curve actually for the guys in the vans. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I assume there'll be part of the, at least part of the learning process will be locked in a room and made to watch your videos, your videos on a kind of twenty-four hour loop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bit different to changing a gear cable. <laughs> in the van, it's got the GP Llama go-to emergency, <laughs> emergency button. Just push this button and Shane's YouTube comes up and it go, and here's yep. your library of searches on issues that have happened. No, I'm just uh, that happens. I mean, when, when have you not gone to YouTube and typed in how to? You know, and and uh, you know, and I've seen. Uh, to be honest, I've seen bike shops doing that. I've seen bike shops 
typing in how to service a zip up, you know, uh, and and actually, who cares? You know, why shouldn't they? It's it's, it's you know, it's, it's a great resource and a way of learning these days. It's the same thing with Amazon taking over. You know what I mean? Like you have somebody who's more mobile and more techy, and now you add Zwift on top of that, and they can get involved. And you know, VeloFix now franchising this out more. I, I do see this, you know, taking over the space more. And the only thing holding it back was that bike manufacturers and, and parts and accessories wanted floors they could sell massive amounts of product to, and they wouldn't sell to the mobile shop. And now I'm seeing them give way because there's going to be buying power there, which is really interesting to watch. Yeah, no, really interesting partnership. Um, I have to say, I'd, I have no idea how it works. I saw the announcement. I couldn't find anything on the Swift website or, in fact, anything on the Velofix website about how the actual thing would work, but no doubt... No doubt that's going to come in time and is currently, I'm sure it's currently been worked on actually. And um, obviously winter is uh, Northern Hemisphere. Winter is, is the time that that feature will, will, will come into its own. Um, Shane Zwift has been on the acquisition trail, acting like a very grown-up company and buying other companies. And they've bought, um, they've bought an Israeli footpot company. Um, what's the significance of that, do you think? Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's good to see them being successful and being, being able to um, take on other companies rather than sort of having to scrounge for things to do. Um, so that's that's a good thing. But it's it's a little bit like Zwift selling ad sticks, really, which they did. But it's only really half the picture. People still need treadmills. And those are the expensive things. And they're bulky things. Um, look, the, the footpot in general, or the footpot in question, it doesn't really have the best reputation for accuracy either, uh, when, especially when changing pace. So let's look, let's hope they can put more development time into that and make it a best of breed and, uh, yeah, get people up and running and breaking down those barriers. Yeah, yeah. Software company buys hardware company. Software company that said it would never do hardware does hardware. Um, Very small hardware. Very small yeah, hardware. Yeah, I guess it is. Isn't it? And, and most, actually, it's just a piece of plastic containing lots of software, isn't it, more or less? I think the lowering of friction just has to become more direct, even if it's a pass-through, but it all happens in one place. That makes sense. I mean, think of how many things you had to put together on Amazon to get Zwifting up front. And just being able to, um, I don't know, I mean, you see with Microsoft where they are buying things and then they kind of let that thing exist underneath the umbrella, um, you know, and then it just passes through, you know. So I like think Nokia. maybe that's more... Yeah. <laughs> Good luck for Pod. No, you'll do fine for Pod. No, you're not Microsoft. Example. Zwift is not Microsoft. Yeah, I don't like home. Oh, totally different thing. Uh, I got a mixer hat on right now, not Nokia, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, uh, that's about it, actually. I don't have any other uh, Zwifty bits of news to talk about for now. Uh, but interesting development, that one, I think, uh, Zwift on the, on the acquisition trail and possibly getting into the hardware business. Could they do it with trainers, Shane, do you think? I mean, could could we ever see, I know, you know, they've said repeatedly that we're not going to see this, but could we ever see a a proper Zwift trainer? And I don't mean a hammer with a Zwift sticker on it. I mean a Zwift developed trainer. I doubt it would be a trainer. I think, I think it would be a smart bike. For Zwift to commit to a trainer, it's going to have to be damn good. It's going to have to have, it's going to have to last many, many years so I think they're probably be leaning more towards the bike technology. Um, and that's, it's too new. It's still too new. Well, I've not seen or sat on a bike that I, and had a decent amount of time on that I've said, look, that's going to replace my bike and my hammer or Neo or kicker or driver or Dorito or whatever else I've got sitting here. Um, uh, these things are big developing software. And this is one thing a lot of people, um, 
I guess if you're not in IT, it, it seems kind of crazy that Zwift produce just one piece of software and put it up on the server, well, multiple across platforms, but it's just one little bit of software. They hit go and that goes out to millions and millions of people, which is pretty cool in the distribution scene, you know, scheme of things. Doing that with hardware, that's a whole different universe of doing that with hardware. You've got, uh, well, just storage. You've just got, uh, yeah, ongoing support, uh, returns. See, software, there's no returns. There's just a there's a bug bug report. That's it. That's the returns of software. Uh, don't know. Don't know is the answer on that one. Different business. Yeah, different business. Very different business. Um, but, you know, they're obviously on the acquisition trail, so it might be interesting to see where that one leads. Okay, that, that really is it. Um, Shane, uh, anything you would like to say before I launch into my diatribe about what a completely useless set of idiots are my internet service providers, Virgin Media? Uh, you can delay that little uh, rant for a while by um, telling me something interesting you're doing or are about to do. No, uh, yeah, no, look, I'd like to just say I just run a speed test before this uh, to make sure my internet was up to scratch and I had 96 megabits down and 36 megabits up with about 7 milliseconds latency. So no complaints here on my internet. Um, and as such, I'll be doing a couple more live streams coming up. I've just gone and got myself a little switching box that can switch screens. Um, and I did enjoy my live stream of riding through Innsbruck. So I might do a few more, a few more chats with the community just to get more involved with the Zwifters and getting that positive feedback and negative feedback and just general banter during my training session so look out for some live streams um, but as always um, there's videos going up daily almost daily of just little things that I find interesting and I think uh, that are worth sharing good good well we know where to find those GP Lama just 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 pause for a second while I just summon the Fort Bragg download upload speed please actually <laughs> if you don't mind seeing as I'm currently well, I, I'm currently using I my did, phone as a uh, as an access point and I've got those kind of speeds <laughs> yeah, yeah you did well I, I've got about bizarrely actually on my phone I've got like six megs down but nine up which is like weird but anyway uh and uh just to give you a little picture of what's happening in the car park now um so uh, this is an interesting thing isn't it when you sit in a place for a long time that you don't normally sit so this is a car park near shops and what's happened now, I mean, I'm sure this happens all over the world, actually, is the car park here that, um, and we've been talking about retail, so maybe this is pertinent, the car park here that really is for people who are visiting the shops has basically, it's only small, it's only about 40 spaces, has basically now filled up with the cars of all the people who work in the shops. <laughs> and they're going to be parked here all day. Uh, so there you go. There's just a little insight into suburban North Leeds car parking <laughs> for you. Uh, Nathan, what are you up to? Uh, so we obviously Zwift Academy's launched. So we're doing some cool interviews yes. last week. We did an interview with uh, Leah. We did an interview with Ali. This week we'll be doing one with Tanya. Uh, so that's pretty cool to catch up with them. Uh, ZwiftGPS.com and Gold Rush. We've got some uh, experimental stuff going on with that with In Innsbruck on Thursday. Weekly like windup is, is really Yeah, Gold Rush is back for. Well, it's been going on. You can always do Gold Rush. We just need to let people know you can do Gold Rush. And um, <laughs> yeah. well, ZwiftGPS now has the API. So I guess that's not true. You couldn't always do it once GDPR kicked in yeah, and then it got taken down. Yep, yep. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so now it is back, yes, and it's opt-in. If you opt-in, then you can um, get your data over to ZwiftGPS.com. So we're doing a stream with that, a cool little kind of gamification with a third party. 
on Zwift Community Live. What else is going on? Weekly windups ramping up. Uh, obviously, me and Carissa, we've had some cool guests on. Uh, and then Greg Leo actually is starting to become more a part of the hosting. So that's pretty cool. And then obviously, Jesper and Wes and um, Pat Shaw are killing it for the land down under. So lots going on on Zwift Community Live. Lots, lots, lots. Good, 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 good. Okay. Uh, well, I'm now going to return home <coughs> and edit this um, in between uh, opening a phone line to Virgin Media, which was open for 12 hours yesterday with an entirely fruitless result. Um, so wish me well with that one, boys. Um, I'll try to keep on a even keel and a level temper and not shout too much. Um uh, and hopefully I'll be back online uh, in time to be able to upload this. Otherwise, uh, I'll be heading for a, a spot with decent Wi-Fi to try and upload the podcast. Anyway, there we are. A little insight into my daily difficulties, which I'm sure people have found completely unfascinating. Uh, but there you go. Um, excellent to talk to you. Look forward to talking to you next time. And we will we will actually do the Academy next time. It should have been, should have, kind of should have made it onto this running order, but got, got crowded out. Uh, Academy does start soon, and we'll be doing lots of content on the Academy on the next episode. Excellent to talk to you both. Uh, look forward to doing it again. Thank you very much and goodbye. Cheers, Thank guys. You so much, Simon. See you later, guys. Just time for a quick thanks to Zwift for their support to the podcast, which is highly valued and, as you can probably tell, doesn't influence anything we have to say during the course of the Zwiftcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.